Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, I'm so excited. We are bringing Grayson Murphy back on the podcast. It's been about, I think, like over two years since she's been on. She's been absolutely crushing it in the mountain running and the trail running scene and the roads as well. Earlier this year, she already qualified to the Olympic Trials Marathon. So this episode was super fun. We talk a lot about, you know, her training, mountain running in general, how it's different than like the elite track world scene. We talk a little bit about social media and much more. So stay tuned. Grayson Murphy back on the podcast. I had a look at when the last time you were on um, was, and it was literally April of 2021. So it's been no a way. long time. Yeah, yeah. A, long, a lot of time has passed. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I didn't realize it'd been that long. I know, me neither. I feel like it's just, time has like been flying by. So mm-hmm. kind of scary. But you've been crushing it. I mean, I feel like every time I go on Instagram, it's like you have a new US title and you're like <laughs> racing up mountain. So yeah, I can't complain racing up mountains. Yeah. Take it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get into all that, do you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are, what you're about? Yes, I am Grayson Murphy. I run on lots of different surfaces and I'm a two-time world champion. On <laughs> you run on lots, of, lots of different surfaces. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, like because I know the last time that we talked, it's like you were doing you were doing it all. You were doing track, road racing, and trail racing and mountain racing. Which yeah. is crazy. I don't even know how you can um, balance any sort of training with that, but you obviously do a good job. Are you still doing all of those or have you narrowed it down at all? I'm pretty much still, I've kind of cut out, well, this year was weird because Worlds for Mountain Running was in June. Normally it's like November. Um, so this year I had to cut out track because just the way the schedules worked, I couldn't do track and mountain running simultaneously. Um, so this year has been mostly well, all road and trail, no track. 
Why was it in June? I remember because I went World Mountain Running Championships. I've like I've said that too many times in my. I have pictures of you now <laughs> that they gave me. <laughs> I I actually have said that I've been to the World Mountain Running Championships like too many times for how like mediocre <laughs> I did there, and like how brief my stint was as a mountain runner. Um, you but come I remember back. it was it was always in like September. Yeah, yeah. It's usually later. I think because they combine. Well, so they used to. They try and piggyback it on like existing races already. Um, and Austria wanted to host and they already had like a trail running festival the week before in Innsbruck. So then they thought we'll just combine everything into like one thing in June. Okay. Did that mess up your training at all? I mean, obviously not doing track, but were you like bummed about that? Not really, because I didn't get to go to Thailand last year because I was injured. So it's kind of nice knowing, oh, it's only eight months until the next one. Um, but now we are on an every other year schedule. So the next Worlds won't be until 2025. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two years, yeah. <laughs> it's like hard to like even think about um, like, I mean, there's so many races in between that to like keep the momentum going, but it's hard to think about not having a World Championships for two years. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> interesting, but maybe I can do track next year or more World Cup stuff. Luckily with trail running, there's so much to choose from that you can kind of pivot and then it is a little nice to not have to focus on worlds every year now. Yeah. I'm curious because, I mean, I don't know that much about trail running. I've talked to like a lot well, of you were on the world team. <laughs> exactly. I was on the world team and I still have no idea. I just don't know anything about it. I mean, it's a, it's a different beast. Like, I mean, you obviously you come from like the elite track world. So it's like how many people actually in that world know anything about trail running? Very select people, I think. Yeah, I think you would have to have grown up in like Colorado or Alaska or Utah or something to know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what is like your special distance? Because obviously they have so Mm -hmm. many different kinds of races. And when I think of trail running, I think when a lot of people like I don't know, people out on the street, if they know anything about trail running, they're thinking like 50K plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but you don't do that, do you? No, no. <laughs> no. Make X with the hands. No, no. I am not an ultra runner. Not right now. Like maybe eventually. Um, but I really don't have an interest in doing ultras at all in the near future. And so I do like sub ultra is what I would say. So anything under 50K, but really haven't done a race over 20 miles before so it's even shorter than that and then the classic the events that I've won at worlds um the world titles are for the classic distance which is between like 12 and 15k so they're quite short compared to western states or a 100 mile race yeah it's still crazy though because that is still very long (laughs) I saw your time it was like it was like an hour and something yeah hour four minutes this time usually they're around hour hour 30 is kind of where they cap off okay and does that switch off where it's like downhill uphill uphill downhill because I know like yeah sometimes it alternates I don't know exactly the pattern (laughs) so it used to alternate and they used to do up down year and then an up year um but now because they've combined everything into it's world mountain and trail running championships so they have a vertical kilometer 40k 80k classic so they'll have the four events now every every two years at worlds okay so there will be an uphill event and an up down every time now so which do you like better definitely the up down um the uphill is just hard like the whole way and then you just finish and it's just 
the end like hard 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 and then over <laughs> I was looking at your there's an Instagram reel that you posted of you finishing um whatever that was and it's like it's so funny I because I, I know exactly like what I'm obviously because I did that race or whatever I know yeah. what that like looks like but it's just so I don't think anticlimactic is the right word but it's like you're not sprinting it's like you're like you're, it's just hard 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 to the top and then you just stop yeah it's like hiking too yeah you're not even running for most of it you're like power hiking yeah. and I it was beyond lactic like you you always say my legs are going lactic but my arms were lactic at that point like my fingertips my eyeballs I felt like everything was just like uh, I can't move anymore how long are those races where it's just the vertical that one that one was longer it took 50 minutes um and it's usually... just straight uphill for 50 minutes mm-hmm. oh my gosh that actually makes me want to throw up <laughs> usually they're like a typical vk is a 5k so this one was over four miles so it's a little long um usually it's only 5k of distance and then 1k of vert and they're like 35 to 40 minutes so this was a long one even that, even the fake is excessive. Yeah. <laughs> how steep is the grade? Do they like, I don't know how they, do they categorize it? Uh, No, I wish they did like cycling. That'd be kind of cool. But it kind of varies. You just have to climb at least a thousand meters in the distance, which is uh 3,200 feet for everyone um, going for metric. And like the we had a traverse section, so that was kind of flat, but then the last grade was like 40%. So it felt like almost so steep, like pretty much as steep as you can get and still go up it and not like fall over. <laughs> yeah, are there ever any points where you're like, I'm going to fall down the hill? Um, No, but I did the girl in front of me that ended up getting second. I could see her like stumbling backwards and I was like, oh my God, she's going to fall like on my head because she's above me right now and if she fell she'd fall right on my head well that's scary because I think about like going lactic in like a track workout or a track race and it's like you can't really control yourself like you can't you see these people finishing and you can't control your body so I can't even imagine being on that oh. steep of a grade and then I don't know <laughs> if you've seen that that photo I posted I'm like parallel to the ground because yeah. I was leaning so far forward it's like so I wouldn't fall backwards because I didn't have much control over my legs that is why yeah so what's like I don't know I'm so, clearly I'm very ignorant to all of this um so this is just turning to me picking your brain about <laughs> okay. what it's like but I'm sure a lot of people I mean that listen to this too are probably curious like what pace are you going up the mountain I think so it took me 50 minutes to go 4.3 miles. So it's over like 10 minutes per mile. Yeah. It sounds really slow. And I like even the top part, I was probably going like 15 minutes per mile, like way slower because there yeah. was a middle part that was, I ran like an eight minute mile, which felt like I was sprinting. Um, yeah. So it's pretty slow. So it doesn't sound that hard when you say that, but then when you do it, it's hard. I mean, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sound fast, but since I have done it, I know exactly how fast that is. Um, and I don't think people can really grasp it until you, until you like see it with your eyes. Like even when you're training for it, this was so long ago when I ran it, but like, I was like, oh, I'm going to go do some, a tempo run on the hilly part of where I live. And like, that's going to help me train. And then I remember, cause mine was in Poland and I pulled up 
and the genuine fear in my body <laughs> when I saw the hill that we were going to be running up. Like, was yours just uphill? That no, year? it was downhill too. Okay. So it's helpful. But I mean, it was helpful, I guess. But like <laughs> yeah. even the downhill, like these Europeans were flying and like uh-huh. I'm a big person you know I was like at that point I was I was still like five nine five ten like there's just these people that they're like, <laughs> like mountain goats almost yeah. as humans and they are just flying past me mm-hmm. on the downhill and then it's funny because you have about five steps I, I vividly remember in my head like I've run so many races but I I so vividly remember this because unlike anything I've ever done it was like the five steps in between the downhill the downhill that, that just destroys your legs right off yeah. the bat. Like, I don't know which one I would rather have, the uphill or the downhill first, because the downhill completely destroyed oh. my legs. Mm-hmm. And it was like yeah. such facts, it was crazy. And then you have oh, five yeah. steps of flat, and I was like, oh, sweet. Uh-huh. But then I just knew what was coming, and it was running up the black, <laughs> or the, yeah, the Black Diamond, basically, ski resort uh-huh. thing that we were running up. And I just remember, like, on that flat part, I was like, what did I get myself into? And then I started walking immediately. Oh, no. <laughs> on the downhill? <laughs> no, 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 no. On the uphill. Okay. On the uphill. Don't worry. I ran the downhill part. And I probably ran about 10 seconds of the uphill part. Okay. And then I immediately started Good. power walking. Yeah. I was like, this is not happening. And I There's didn't do that no bad. In power hiking. I power hike a lot. It was just funny, though, because it's like coming from a track background and like cross country. It's like, when would you ever think about oh. stopping and walking? Yeah. So making Never. that decision... I don't know. I probably like looking back now, I probably could have run a little bit farther up the hill. But when I had the option to walk, I was taking it at that walk. moment in time. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes, I think, the first race I ran too. I thought, oh, I signed up for a running race. I didn't sign up for a hiking race. Like, I want to pick something different if I wanted to hike against people. That's, I mean, that's really what it is. But it's mm-hmm. like extremely fast hiking with no yeah. breaks. Mm hmm. I'm curious because like obviously everyone that's listening to this has probably run a very big uphill in their life and it's like you know that feeling where you're just like absolutely dying and you just like need to see the top and like I don't know you're just you can't do it anymore almost but then you Mm -hmm. keep going because you know that there's going to be like relief at the end but like when you're in the middle of that race that's like 50 minutes just straight uphill and I can't even fathom the amount of lactic acid in your body at that point. What is going through your head when you're about 40 minutes into it? Yeah, if there hadn't been all those people on the last part of the, it was like really grassy and open, kind of like a ski hill. Um, I probably would have wanted to stop. But there were so many people watching and I was in third. So I was like, oh, you can't, you literally can't stop. <laughs> so it's just, it's just like keep moving forward? Pretty much, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, you I just have to like take a step forward, whether that's running or hiking, however I can, or crawling. Like it just has to keep being forward. You can't stop. Um, yeah, it feels like an 800 for like 50 minutes, maybe 45. The first five might feel okay. <laughs> Is there a decision when you like start walking? Like, are you like, okay, now I'm going to strategically start walking? Or is it just like a gut feeling in your body where you're like time to power hike? Yeah, I think, well, I go back and forth a lot. It just depends on the grade because there are a lot of times I can like hike faster than someone can run it. So then if that happens and I'm like, oh, I'll hike. And then also it changes for me, at least like the muscles you're using. So then you kind of get a relief because you're using a a slightly different set of muscles for like a couple minutes. Um, So I try and go back and forth a lot and just keep moving forward. But I know a lot of people 
have said like if they start hiking they can't start running again so they just have to keep running the whole time I mean, I there was not a step where I started running again after I started <laughs> hiking up the hill. Actually, there was like a little bit of like as kind of a little, maybe a little flat part where I was like, all right, maybe I'll jog a little bit. I remember, but the person that won ran the whole thing. I remember, and that like that I just can't. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how you do it. I truly don't because the pain is just <laughs> the pain immense. Yeah. Do you it's feel like you've painful. gotten? Have you gotten more mentally tough? You think? I think so. Yeah, because now I'll be in road races too, and I'll be like, well, at least it's not a VK. Like, it doesn't hurt that bad. Yeah. Um, but you also can't go that hard in road races or track races until like the last lap or until you start kicking because they will just blow up. But for some reason, in mountain races, you can like ride the red line for way too long. Um, it's very uncomfortable. I wonder why that is. Maybe just because it's like a shorter distance. I think because you're like muscularly limited more than you're aerobically limited on the track where on the trail, it's like the opposite. Um, like your body can only run 430 pace for so long, but even if your heart rate's that high, but if I'm running like same heart rate, but running 10 minute pace, you can withstand that a lot longer. And then it's just like your heart beating. Um that's my theory. I think that's close to what my coach has said too. <laughs> I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like the impact is just a lot less yeah. on the body than like, yeah, if you're going and running a marathon or something. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that does make sense. But mentally, I just feel like the mountain running has to be so much worse. Um, so much harder. <laughs> yeah. It takes a, you have to be in the right mood to do well at the races. <laughs> Do you feel like there's been any moments in time where you haven't been like in a good headspace so it's affected your mountain running? Um, luckily not with mountain running, but usually I'm so happy to just be out on the trail and like see the views because we're always running in the coolest places too. So even if it sucks, I can like look to my left and see like the entire Alps mountain range or something and I'm like, oh, this is not bad. Like <laughs> could be worse. Yeah. It's, I guess that's better than like if you're hurting on the track or something. Yeah. <laughs> All you see is red and mm-hmm. turf. People looking at you. Yeah. yeah and everyone and everyone looking at <laughs> yeah. you being like, you're dying, you're falling yeah. off. <laughs> so, I mean, since you've been doing so well, like with mountain running and trail running and everything, why, why do you still have goals, I guess, on the roads and the track? I guess just because I still like those two. It's fun to run fast. Um, and it's really validating when you PR like that feeling doesn't go away either to keep getting better and track is fun because it's so black and white you can like tangibly see improvements and same with the road and I like road running too just because it's not on a track and like I do better if I can see where I'm going for a long ways as opposed to running in circles I have no idea why but um, yeah I guess it's all fun. So that's kind of why I still have goals for all of it. Do you think that you'll be doing all of it forever? Or do you think that there's going to be a point where you're like, maybe I just focus on like the trails or road racing or something? I could see like track kind of phasing out. Sasha already kind of did this year just with the logistics of everything. And it's my least favorite. So if I have to like throw one out, I'd throw out track. But I still have like, I want to run the majors and qualify for the Olympic trials which I already did, but like continue to do that on the marathon. So yeah, there's still just like a lot I want to do 
in both disciplines that I think it would be a while before I narrowed it down to one. That's so cool though, because I feel like you're a rare breed where you can do it all. Like there's very few people that I think that could train doing like such long distances and just be able to translate that to the track. Like that's so different. Even like mentally, I feel like, I don't know, you see track runners, people are very one, one track minded, you know, (laughs) like you got to focus on your, I don't know, running the 5k or the 10k or whatever and doing all these things correctly. But I feel like it's cool to be able to translate that to other areas, but I feel like it takes a very specific person to be able to do that. So, I mean, it's kind of cool. Thanks. I feel like more people could do it, but I think we've been taught culturally or somewhere something happened where everyone was like, you pick one and that's what you're doing. Um, I feel like a lot of people could do it if they wanted to, but there's a little stigma, I think, about doing trails, especially like, I feel like track people are so like 5k specialist or like steeple you pick one event even on the track and then you're all about splits and stuff and that becomes your whole world um so I don't know if it's technically anyone's fault but I feel like more people could do more they just haven't or been pressured into one thing I 100% agree I feel like it's it's something about the culture Mm -hmm. And it, especially like with the elite running world, I feel like I don't think pretentious is the right world, word. I don't know what it is, but mm. people don't even give you the really the option of doing anything else other than like, I mean, road racing when you're after after college, I feel like is more popular. But even that, I feel like is it's like a step in a in a different direction. Right. You know, it's like okay, it's track or nothing. And then maybe if you are good at the five k, the ten k, or beyond, whatever, then you can try the road racing or whatever. But no one ever in the track world, I feel like brings up trails, but no, yeah. Like you said, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because we have this, uh, this feeling that we need to only focus on one thing at a time, but I feel like that makes people worse a lot of the time. I do too. I mean, I think like I have two things to say on this, but I think doing all of the disciplines has made me a better runner, not a worse one. I feel stronger. And I feel like they complement each other. Um, even with training and like, running on the trails makes you so strong and then you get to the track and like the steeple hurdles feel like nothing because I've just been running over mountains so what's like a little 33 inch hurdle gonna do um but then the other thing is I think the track stuff I feel like trail kind of has like from the track perspective and I even kind of felt this way before I got into the trail world was trails was kind of like for slow people or if you like weren't quite good enough on the track or the road, like you would do trails. And even people said that about me when I left um, NAZ. I was like, oh, she just knows she won't be good enough. So she's doing trails, like a cop out or something. And I I hate that that is like what it has become because I, you can be fast and still run on the trail and you can be a fast trail runner. Like we ran a 430 mile in the downhill at Worlds this uh, two weeks ago it's so fast. Like you still have to be able to turn over that quickly. So I just think it's a misconception or people just don't know. I agree. I mean, I think people can have a lot more success if they tried something a little different, maybe and yeah. didn't have such a narrow uh, mm-hmm. perspective on running, you know? Yeah. Um, in terms of like, this is completely different, but like in terms of finances, is there more money in that in like trail running and stuff or is there more money in like track I I know I know road has a lot of money if you're like doing really well in the marathons and stuff but that's an interesting comparison yeah trail or road is definitely top tier for money and then 
I almost feel like there's more money, more money in trails if you're good at it than in track. Because track meets like don't have a ton of prize money and neither do trail races. Maybe they're comparable. Yeah. None of them have like a lot of money. And I feel like when trails to make a decent amount, you have to be like at the top top. Um, and I feel like in track to make what I do in trails, I'd have to be like an Olympian. Yeah. And it's, but it's interesting also because I feel like trail running, there's more like sponsors behind it from, at least from maybe from my perspective of what I see on the internet. But I just feel like, I don't know, when you look at professional track runners, it's like they have a shoe sponsor and yeah. then they have maybe a nutrition sponsor, maybe, maybe a watch. <laughs> yeah. But with trail running, I feel like there's just more buy-in from companies. So I feel like that also yeah. helps too, like support That's- people's lifestyle. Good point. Yeah, and you use a lot more gear trail running, so there's just a bigger market. And more people are trail runners, like, than track runners. You don't see a bunch of old people going to the track. Like, in some communities you do, but I bet that those people also run on trails occasionally, um, like, and not vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel, do you feel like you're still, like, ingrained in, like, the elite track world, or do you feel like you're more just kind of, like, doing your own thing? now just I guess like socially uh I still living in flag I guess it's nice because I have everyone is like still my friend even though they're not and then I still do all my workouts are on the road or the track so usually I just like hop in with whoever's doing a workout that day um which is nice because then I still get to like have kind of a foot in the door with those people and it's fun to kind of talk about oh, what was your race? Like mine was completely different, but we're doing the same workout today and that's pretty fun. Um, So I feel like yes and no. I'm definitely kind of like the trail runner that's just at the track workout for fun, but that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and you have a good resume from your track experiences that I feel like you're you should be respected out there. I'm sure people (laughs) respect you. Yeah. And everyone's so nice in flag. Like you can just literally call anyone and they'll be like, sure, you can come work out with me. I don't care. Yeah. There's so many people in Flagstaff now. It's crazy. Yeah. Everyone's there. (laughs) (laughs) It's the new Boulder. Boulder's out. Flag is in. Flag is in. And I've heard that Flag is more nice. Like the people are nicer and more willing to just be like community driven. I've heard Boulder is a little um, clicky. I've heard that as well. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) <laughs> I went to Boulder last summer for a running camp and I forgot what what the trail was even called, but the locals were definitely not happy about us bringing our campers there. Really? Yeah, they were mad. What? I feel like you'd be happy you're like sharing the space. Supposedly not. Okay. I don't know. I, I've never experienced that in my life. Like, like you, I don't, they were just so mad. And I was like, this is actually crazy because wow. of course I've run many different areas especially in this country yeah in my lifetime I've never experienced that level of like locals only on this trail wow. yeah and That's we weren't really, we weren't being disrespectful or anything I mean there were like a lot of us so maybe that was it but I was like I don't know just run by just, yeah, exactly. like, just keep going <laughs> yeah we'll in and out yeah we're here for one week and we were yeah. running here once this week oh man yeah someone class. that lives in Boulder is gonna be mad that um, yeah. <laughs> Oh well. I'm just sharing my experience. Yeah. And I didn't have that problem when I was in Flagstaff. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talking about road stuff, you ran a really fast half earlier this year. 110, was it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Were you expecting to run that fast, or was that like a... On that course, I was not expecting to run that fast on that course and with that weather because it was like a bonkers nuts day. Um, the course was an out and back over several bridges, lots of like 90 and 180 degree turns and like gravel over curbs and stuff and on like a bike path at one point. So when I saw it for the first time, I texted my agent um Josh and I was like uh, I don't know <laughs> if I can run like even the standard on this in training I thought like oh if I was running a flat race I could run faster than 70 but this was pretty hilly and then the weather was like a headwind coming back like after you're tired it's like the worst time to have a headwind and yeah I was like skeptical that we would get it done but the pacers were amazing so I like didn't have any issues and they were like right on the whole way and we ran pretty fast actually why did you decide on that race then um they just wanted someone to kind of like show off the race showcase mm, it hype um, it up yeah so I was kind of like their ambassador for the race and then I was like well if I'm running a half I want the OTQ I'm not gonna want to go do it again somewhere else because I have these trail races so I have to go for it like now <laughs> well that's nice then you already did it yeah, yeah, we have it. So don't have to worry about that until next February now. Are you going to um, do any more road racing like this fall or anything? Probably not. I'm going to do Golden Trail Series and the finale isn't until October. And then I'll have to start the marathon build. So I'll probably just 
yeah going into the trials <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> we'll see where are the trials orlando oh okay humid yeah. uh-huh it'll be interesting <laughs> what is the weather like in february in orlando i actually have no idea i think it could go either way in february i think it can be like humid and cold or humid and warm interesting interesting yeah <laughs> are you good with humidity i think so i've never had issues with like any weather i actually i raced in hawaii several times and i won those they were trail races but so i think i'm okay yeah I, but it's a marathon so that could be like a whole different beast I yeah don't know. have you done that like a road marathon at all no oh <laughs> <laughs> so you're literally going into the olympic trials just like like very yeah very raw this will be my um debut and then also like first road race in a year <laughs> it'll go fine yeah I mean I go. feel like you have so it's not like you're you're not doing track races you're not doing like 10k or something and then just going right into there right like you're yeah. obviously racing and training for hours so I feel yeah. like that's not really that the volume will be there yeah the volume <laughs> will be there it's more just gonna be like speed I don't know <laughs> what's the do you have like a goal in mind I mean top three but that's like a very far-fetched goal um I don't know I think just like run a good debut time like I would think under 229 I would be happy with anything under that Mm -hmm. also I feel like it's not that far-fetched because like look at what happened I feel like in the other marathon trials the last ones I feel like that was kind of like that's true yeah yeah you never know what's gonna happen marathon I feel like is so volatile you never know yeah I'm hoping the like volatility of trail races will give me an edge of at least problem solving like during races um to make sure that it doesn't like blow up and then eating I feel like I'll be good at that because I do that in trail races um that's pretty much it yeah (laughs) yeah what's like the biggest thing that you struggle with with training I guess and doing so much volume Mm not getting tired maybe eating enough actually that's been kind of hard um I don't run like that high of mileage but when the trail miles kick in like they take longer so like I did nine miles this morning but it took over an hour and a half and I wasn't running that easy so eating enough to support the time on feet and not just thinking about miles has been something I've had to work on because like 10 miles on the road you burn a lot less calories and it goes faster yeah so that's been had to be cognizant of that so like on a run like that this morning did you eat I didn't this morning no if it's under two hours I usually won't eat anything but then afterwards I have to make sure I'm eating more yeah mm-hmm. how do you keep track of that like do you have a nutritionist that you work with and stuff or is it more just like knowing your own body yeah pretty intuitive and just like making sure I'm almost never hungry. That's kind of the goal. Like I never want to be hungry for very long outside of training and in training. And if I start to get hungry on like a 90 minute run, then I probably haven't been fueling enough in the days before that, even if it's an easy run. Yeah. What do you eat when you're like on the trail? And on the run, um, I kind of like real food if I can, like the honey stinger waffles are like so good. I don't love gel. So I, only take those if I'm like trying to do a workout or like practice with gels or something yeah I mean the honey stingers I feel like that's a good middle ground it's not like yeah. you're eating a full-on pbj yeah. or something but you're 
you can like hold it and like nibble while you're running yeah. you don't like fall apart yeah I also I don't like eating and running though I don't like the panting and then I have to like shuffle oh, down yeah yeah you have to time it right like you can't eat on a steep uphill because you you're breathing so hard yeah and then if it's a technical downhill you probably should be like focusing on the trail and not the food in your hand yeah <laughs> how do you work on the downhills that's what I'm curious about too because like I'm scared of downhill running <laughs> I feel like that's where race races are won um I feel like people win them on the downhill you think yeah because you can just put so much time on people if you're good versus not good or on the uphill I can put a couple minutes on someone if I'm like really good but they're still probably fit and the uphill is like all fitness yeah how do you get better just like going out and practicing or do you do like drills and stuff I think that was something I've always been decent at but what has really helped is like following like a guy maybe that's really good and watching their lines and then trying to keep up with them um because it also I feel like you learn to get more fearless if you see someone else like jump off a metaphorical cliff like you're like okay I can jump off it too now because they went first so that was helpful but I've told people before if they didn't play soccer growing up um those ladder drills are like so helpful because it just teaches you to move your feet faster yeah that makes a lot of sense like the the soccer stuff Mm -hmm. because I don't know speaking from personal experience I did not play any like agility sports growing up um so pivoting is not in my (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I feel like that's why like I'm not like a terrible downhill runner like I'm not gonna like fall you know Mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna trip and fall most of the time um, but I'm not good. And you, there's, I mean, there's people that are great. Obviously, you're probably someone that is very good at downhill running. That makes a lot of sense that you played a lot of soccer growing up, because I feel like that definitely um, works in your favor. Yeah, I feel like those drills too are like a low risk, high reward way to get better. You're not like out trying to send it on a technical trail. You're just like getting better at the ladder first and then go try the technical downhill like occasionally yeah and I think what you said about like just following someone else's lead that's like good yeah um would be very helpful because it's like it's hard to even gauge like how good you are when you're doing it by yourself but if you right. have someone that's like really good doing it right in front of you like granted how many people are gonna like be able to recruit someone that's like super good at downhill <laughs> running and make him go with them but like yeah someone has a friend that's good at downhill running yeah but that makes a lot of sense because yeah like watching their lines and just seeing like yeah, how they move their feet mm-hmm. would be very helpful. Yeah, and where they step, and then you can step. Because there, a lot of times earlier in my career, I'd be like, oh, I wouldn't have even thought to step there, or that that would be like an okay place to step. And it just makes you so much faster. Yeah. Have you ever taken any like, really bad falls? Not really, knock on wood. Um, I like tripped on the flattest I was listening to a podcast, I think, and like looking at a bird and like tripped on the flattest trail and there wasn't even a rock. I don't know what I tripped on, but on the technical stuff, usually I'm like focused. So yeah, been okay. That's good. You must yeah. have a very good knee lift too. Yeah, that helps too. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't think I have that. That's, that's why I'm tripping. I'm tripping over nothing all the time. Yeah. Shuffling, trail. not a good mix yeah. with the trails. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a shuffler. <laughs> Ultra running though. That could be in your favor yeah maybe that's what people say when I talk to them I'm like what because it's slow and I can have fun <laughs> while doing yeah. it and it's, I can talk 
go forever. Yeah. <laughs> Run for 15 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I have to do. See, that plays in my favors. I just have to have a positive mental attitude. Yeah. Um, and, and the snacks. will to do it. Yeah, yeah and snacks. Yeah. Sounds great. People are I eating sign that that. like sign yeah. me up. Uh-huh. You eat a full meal. <laughs> Some people eat like quesadillas, like full yeah, on. exactly burritos, quesadillas. There's like a party in the middle of it. The aid stations. I'm like, mm-hmm. sounds like fun, except for the part like in the middle where you have to like go through streams and stuff, and like oh, running through the streams. middle of the night. That's where I'm like, oh, Ooh, night couldn't do the. I don't want to do night running. Yeah. Would you ever dabble with the ultra stuff? Maybe in like ten years. I don't know. Like much late. <laughs> no, I mean if you still have the speed, like why do it I guess yeah I like the when I have so many goals for the marathon and I keep saying like you can do both I think if you start doing 100 miles that is where it starts to depart on that your training can work for both um it gets a little too far apart for it to work yeah well then I feel like the muscle fibers really change up to the yeah (laughs) I can't even think of the right word but they just change there's no more speed Right, it's all like slow twitch. Yeah, slow point. twitch. There yeah. you go. Slow twitch. Uh, you really hone in on the slow twitch. <laughs> yeah, but I really can see back. that in your future. Like, yeah, maybe ten years down the line, mm-hmm. um, you'll probably be very good, good uh, ultra runner just due to your grit. I, I mean, if you can run for an hour up a mountain, like <laughs> yeah. you can run for fifteen hours <laughs> up several mountains. Yeah, yeah, up several <laughs> mountains, but like even because those I feel like are less steep. Sometimes, or they're at least shorter. Like you, you're never like redlining, hopefully, in an ultra. Yeah. Because uh, you're just out there way too long to be doing that. Yeah. Do people like galactic in ultra marathons? I don't think so. Or they, I don't think they want to. Um, maybe at the very end. Like, that would be you, like a really bad sign if like the first time yeah. you're going, if you're going lactic. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't think that'd be in for a fun day. That sounds bad. <laughs> Jeez. Um, well, for now, I don't really think I'm going to be dabbling in any of that. Um, but I do like watching and cheering for people and yeah. seeing people's successes. I just don't think trail running is uh, is meant for me at the moment, you know. At the moment. But you have to get back on the world team. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Senior to senior. The next, the next yeah. one's in two years, you said? Yeah, you have two years to train. So. All right. I don't know how good the trails are out here in San Diego for mountain running due to, like, how I trained when I was in high school. Um, <laughs> I was severely <laughs> underprepared. I don't know what how I would um you know alter my training I think I should just move to Flagstaff there you go yeah, yeah. and you'll be welcome there on any of the trips and we can train together yeah and you can go in front of me and show me the line and then I'll... there you go yeah downhills here we come yeah and then and then you start running uphill and then you just you're the billy go away from me just, <laughs> yeah okay, so. <laughs> I'll walk too <laughs> yeah so, yeah walk but your walking is still gonna be yeah. like triple my pace so. <laughs> you can just be hiking buddies yeah, that sounds a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> um, what goals do you have for the marathon? I guess just run fast. I think I could run. I think I've got a fast one in me somewhere. Um, would love to do like the majors. I think they're fun. Like the idea of doing all seven and getting the stars would be fun. And then just running fast with them too. And I would love to. Ninke is a great example. Ninke Brinkman. She's uh, won Golden Trail Series a couple of times, but then she also has run 222 in the marathon and she was like fifth at Boston this year. And I think it's just cool to show that to people. And I would love to be another example like that, that you can do both and the worlds don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're well on your way. 
I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Chipping away. At <laughs> yeah. I was looking at one of your Instagrams and you said that 2022 was like a disastrous year or something. You said yeah. that you got injured, but I guess take us through that year. Yeah. So I did. I don't, I didn't end up running any track races because I, um, my planter was hurting so bad. And initially they told me I had torn it and there was a tear on the MRI. So I had torn it, but I think later I had a hip injury and then kind of found out everything was nerve pain that I had been feeling both in my hip and in my foot. I think the torn planter was just like a non um, symptomatic thing that showed up on imaging. And it was just so frustrating because it took until like November, December of last year to figure out that that's what was happening this whole time. And I'd been told oh, maybe you tore your labrum, like horrible things. And people like, maybe you need surgery. Yeah. Even though the imaging showed nothing and they were just kind of like making these claims. Um, so we, it took a while because I wasn't really getting anywhere with rehab and healing and then found out. And within like four weeks, I had pretty much gotten better once I figured out what it was. But it just took forever to realize that. Where was the nerve pain stemming from? What nerve? So I think it's um, in my back and it was like my whole left side and it felt like my left, I kept saying my left hip feels like wonky or like I can't control it and it feels not numb, but like you don't know where it is in space. Like if you close your eyes, you couldn't really tell where it was. And I was like tripping a lot on the trails, which is why I pulled out of worlds because I was like, there's no way I can't run a downhill like this. I can't even walk the downhill. And then the nerve pain in my foot felt like so like a nine out of 10 almost of pain. Um, yeah. And then it was just like a nerve in my hip had gotten like pinched and it was just causing like wreaking havoc on the left side. Yeah. I had a sciatica, which is stems from the back. I've had mm -hmm. that twice now. I had that earlier this year because I was oh. running a lot last year. Yeah. And you just described it perfectly. Like nerve pain is the weirdest, um, weirdest thing ever because you almost feel like you're making it up a little bit. Yeah. I started to think I was crazy. Yeah. You're like, Am I crazy? <laughs> like what is, do yeah. I have like some sort of issue in my brain? Like what is going on? Because like you said, it doesn't, it feels like numb, but it, but not really. Like it feels like at least mine, um, it would just run all the way down my leg. But every time I took a step, it would feel like my leg was like caving in. Like I'd be like collapsing on my leg uh -huh. a bit. Like there was just like no like structure there. Like you said, yeah. I'm, like lost in space. I was like, what is going on? Um, but then it was also pain. But it's funny because it's like, if you can't diagnose that, you're doing a bunch of rehab for like the muscular problems yeah. or whatever. And it's not, nothing's going to get better. Yeah. And so I can imagine like how frustrating that would be if you can't diagnose it as a nerve thing, because none of it is going to get better with any of the exercises that you're doing, unless no. you're doing like very specific nerve, nerve glides and like nerve. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, I feel like once you, once you diagnose it, it goes away immediately. So it's quick. Like, yeah. So soon. And then you just feel stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I felt pretty dumb. And I was just like, also so mad at all of the. I guess mad is the wrong word. It wasn't their fault, but I was frustrated with all of the practitioners that I saw because I saw like probably 10 people, doctors, physios, any, like, I don't even know what they were called, chiropractors, anything I could. And they were all like, it's the glutes. And they no were, one said anything about oh, nerves. 
No, and I asked a couple people, um, but I think they were so focused on like the pain part. And then they kind of, once the exercises weren't working at all, like we kind of thought nerve stuff. And I had been asking from the beginning, like, is this a nerve thing? And then it was, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I've been asking for months if this is what it was. Uh, and I realized that they are great physios, but also it there's some like my two cents in knowing my own body can go a long way too. And maybe next time I should like listen more to that. Yeah. It's also hard though. If you haven't had a nerve injury, it's such a weird yeah. injury that most people won't know what it is. Like when I first had it back in, this is like 2019, um, when I was running a lot of miles, like I, what, why was the bottom half of my leg going numb? I had no right, idea. I had yeah. chin splints. I, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what was going on until I saw like a very specific person in Portland who like, I don't know, it's a very specific running person that was like, oh, you have sciatica. And I was like, what is that? Like, I would have never diagnosed myself with that. And I've had like a fair amount of injuries in my running career, but yeah. nerve stuff is just so different that you would have no idea. And like, where, where it manifests isn't necessarily where the nerve yes. is pinched. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think that yours was related to an increase in like overall training volume or intensity as well? Oh, a hundred percent. That was the only thing that, I mean, mm -hmm. I, cause I was, I don't know. I started running a lot at the end of last year just cause I was bored and I wanted to get back into it or whatever. And I went way too hard too soon. Like oh, I yeah. went from zero to running. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and I was like not in shape. <laughs> so, and then I started like doing workouts on top of that. So oh, yeah, it was very much like I did. I knew, I knew I did it to myself. And I think just because I hadn't had the sciatica for a really long time, like I just thought I was immune to it. Um, mm -hmm. and then it came back extremely strong. And honestly, I think I might've like done something else to my back too, because oh, <laughs> my PT said it was just the sciatica, but then I felt like I like, broke something in my back. I've never had like a stress injury. So I don't really know again, like what that feels like either, uh -huh. but running on it, like the nerve stuff wasn't really helping. And that's when I was like, oh. maybe I did. Cause I think it might've started as sciatica, but then I feel like I also did something to my back, oh, but all of it, even in the first time I had it, definitely, I was training for a marathon then. And again, that was like, the first marathon I had ever run. So it, all of like, anytime it is flared up, it has been because I did a very significant increase in my running specifically and mm -hmm. definitely not enough strength training either. Yeah. I think that was mine too. It was not enough strength training. And then overall, like looking back, my training volume wasn't necessarily that high, but like overall life stress was very high. And I think my nervous system just got overloaded. And then it was just like pooping out on me. Like, okay, turning off the left leg now because you're not taking care of yourself. <laughs> I actually 100%, I didn't even really factor that into the equation, but it's funny now looking back, like, especially this last time, I think because it's more recent or whatever, mm -hmm. Um, like, I don't know, earlier this year or last fall, I think... I, my cortisol, I wish I got my blood work done. That's what it was, because yeah. Because my cortisol was probably so high. I knew, like, I was kind of running myself into the ground. I think I was just bored, and I had nothing, like, riding on it. So I was like, okay, I'll, like, destroy my body. Um, And it was, like, kind of fun, you know? I haven't I haven't trained in, like, mm -hmm. a really long time. Um, But that, and then, that, like, putting just so much stress on myself for, like, work stuff. I think just even being self-employed, like, it just yeah. creates a really high level of stress Um, a lot of the time. Because there's just a lot of, like, unknowns. So mm -hmm. I think the combination of like work stress and then just went going from zero to a hundred with the training stuff, I think my body did exactly what you're talking about, where it just was yeah. like, no more. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I don't think it was purely where it was like, physical. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think it was just all of it. That's yeah. very funny. Mm -hmm. That's my so, theory. 
to like to heal your nerve stuff did you do like nerve guides like what was the what was the um program um um what ultimately helped the most was hot yoga and then like lifting really heavy and I told my friend's boyfriend he's a physio um but like nerve specific physio uh but he has like occupational therapy so he works with people that have had strokes and stuff like that and I was like yeah the thing that's helping the most is like really heavy lifting like so heavy that I almost can't pick it up um and I'm almost maxing out every time and he was like oh yeah that's like a stroke protocol um because you need that strong of a stimulus to get your nerves to kind of like regenerate and heal themselves so the hot yoga I think like loosened everything up and then the heavy heavy lifting helped me to like retrain my brain basically to use that side of my left leg um and it was it helped me get stronger too but I think it was more of like the neural connection that helped the most that's so interesting Mm -hmm. because it's just something that again you're not talking about most of the time as a distance runner right especially like when you're when you get weightlifting plans none of it is that heavy especially when you're doing what you're doing like you know you see the 1500 runners and the 800 runners like they're lifting Mm -hmm. a little bit more heavy just because of like the power you need yeah but it's interesting just for injury prevention to do the super heavy lifting because of like, yeah, like you said, like the neural stimulus that you need. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if everyone would benefit from that or if it's just like a person by person basis. I don't know. I don't know. Cause I feel like there's not probably that many trail runners that are doing super heavy lifting, but maybe just I'm out Yeah. I, and it also like, I don't do like squats or lunges really when I'm in trail season because you're basically lunging up the mountain anyway I don't need to go do a bunch more at the gym so it's all like posterior chain stuff um like hamstrings and glutes but glutes like not just bands like I was deadlifting I had to get straps for my hands because I couldn't even my grip strength wasn't that strong but I had to be that heavy to get the muscles to turn on and it's crazy now, like I could touch my butt and the left cheek would be like soft compared, like it, I couldn't get it to like fire and now I can. So I know it was like just turned off completely. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, especially, I don't think that people focus that much on the posterior chain, which I feel like is at least where my injuries have come from whenever I've like trained, yeah. have definitely come from the posterior <laughs> chain. Like you said, I think it's really hard to like turn on those muscles a lot of the time. Especially if they're Maybe. off. Yeah. Yeah. So that is interesting. I didn't, I mean, I, I haven't really been training since I got injured. So maybe I will start incorporating like more heavy lifting now, or at least talking That's to my PT really and just seeing what they say. Cause like, yeah, I feel like people do a lot of bands, a lot of stuff like that, Almost. which is good. It's like, you want the hip strength and stuff, but I feel like what you really need is like the glute stuff, especially as like women. Yeah. Like, with the, I mean, obviously you need hip strength as women too, but I think it'd be really helpful for like the hamstrings and the glutes to be really strong too yeah I think I can never like you want to get the shakes where you're like shaking because it's so heavy and you're not trying to injure yourself and you're not trying to get sore um so it's like a weird balance where like it's really heavy but you're probably doing like not that many reps and keeping it like still within the context of your overall training but enough to stimulate the nerves do you have a weights coach then I don't I just kind of like figured it out I've been lifting though longer than I've been running so I feel like if I was to coach anyone in something I would pick weights probably over running really yeah (laughs) just due to your background with like soccer and stuff you think yeah yeah 
I just feel more competent in weightlifting than like run training. <laughs> I feel like that is so helpful though. It has been. Yeah. It's in like a good tool that yeah. I didn't know I would need later. <laughs> you are a mystery to me. I don't know how you handle everything that you do. Like just mentally, I feel like I would explode. You do a lot too though. Yeah. But like, I'm not a professional like, runner. Like I feel like adding that onto it is just so much. But you, you do content creation like all the time. Yeah. But like, videos. okay. I'm curious. Like what does a day in your life look like? <laughs> It's like not that much right now, I guess. Um, like today I went for a run at 7.30, which I would say is not the time I would choose to run. I only went that early because my um, fiance's brother wanted to go that early. Okay. Yeah, um, I was like, well, you're already ahead of me. <laughs> no, I would, if it's up to me, like normally if I'm by myself, I'll run at like 9, 9.30. Um, the body's awake. I've gone to the bathroom. Like everything is awake before I run. And then come home, eat do podcasts or something there's usually something in the afternoon and then I train twice probably half the time like two days a week or not two days a week like half the week I train two times a day um there's not that much I don't think I just feel like you have to have so much energy like because obviously you're training a lot but then you also have to have the creative energy because you do all you do content creation too and then being an entrepreneur with your training logs and stuff I just feel like there has to be so much going on in your brain like do you like <laughs> plan things out well like how do you what's like the system well I use the training log and the planner a yeah. lot <laughs> um it's not just something I sell I like actually use it every day to plan stuff out and lists are really helpful but I've always been hyperactive so it's kind of nice to have an outlet for all of the energy my fiance is like the complete opposite and I'm always like dragging him out to do stuff and he's like no I just want to like rest because He's a professional Nordic skier, um, so he trains a lot too, but then his default is to rest and mine is to, like, go do other stuff. <laughs> yeah, see, maybe that's just where you and I differ because I don't think I could do that. I think I'm, um, like, your fiancé. I think I'm, yeah. like, ooh, I do something. I'm, like, I need, to like, a breather. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let me lay down. I love, being, I love being horizontal. <laughs> yeah, he does too. Yeah, it's Favorite just, like, so position. fun laying down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> killed laying down. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean, I like, I, I don't know, you're someone that I look up to because I just, I feel like I just need people, you know, on social media to like inspire me. And you're definitely one that I look towards Aww, because I just thanks. can't imagine um, doing all that you do. And you're just like so successful at all of it. Thanks. I look up to you too. I can't imagine doing all that you do either. <laughs> That's why I like gave up on YouTube. It was too much. I, okay, well, yeah, I mean, YouTube is a lot like I, I go through very, very big spurts on YouTube as well, especially now with like all this video stuff on Instagram, like Instagram used to be so easy. I know. I, it's yeah, not easy anymore. It happened. I like had this down and then it changed and then now I don't know what to do. <laughs> no, you do a fantastic job. I feel like everyone has imposter syndrome though. Cause like people tell me that all the time too. And I, every day I'm like, I'm a failure. Um, but brands are like changing too, though, because I've had a couple brands be like, oh, you're just not getting like enough engagement to justify this. But it's weird because I'll post something that doesn't have to do with the brand and it gets like triple the engagement. And then as soon as I must be using some word that it catches and it knows that it's like an ad for a brand and then it just shuts it down and no one sees it. And it yeah. used to not be that way. I mean, I feel the exact same way. I feel like every branded thing that I post is just tanks. Yeah. A lot of the time. I'm like, nice. Perfect. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. That's my livelihood. Cool, yeah. Cool. Gonna love lose that. them too. Yeah. Yeah, but then, but then with the reels, like everything goes just goes viral a lot. I know, like the stupidest reel, like four second <laughs> clips. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to and it's do. Like, cool. I'm like, whoa, like things are going viral, but I'm like, I don't, I, Instagram just used to be so different. I feel like it used to be more personal. Like and now, I feel like it's almost like what can go viral or whatever. But then yeah. I just get a lot of likes on a video, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. And then people, it keeps happening to me too. It starts getting so viral, it gets sent to like really far reaches of yeah. uh, deep webs of people that like I don't even want it going to. And I start getting like the weirdest messages and comments because they just have no idea like who I am or what running is. And it just, oh yeah, <laughs> doesn't need to go that far. <laughs> Do you still enjoy social media though? Because I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. Um, yes and no. I think, like, what are your thoughts on, I'm kind of at a crossroads of, I don't know what, like, where brands are going to go if Instagram becomes such a unreliable model. Um, like, what do you, where do you go from there and how do athletes factor into that? Because there's really no other representation other than Instagram. Like, you have Twitter, but I feel like that was on the rocks too and about to get shut down. And then YouTube is great, but you have to have, like, a full-time content creating team to make that happen yeah a lot of pro athletes I don't have people that can run with me all the time like that yeah yeah I mean I think it is going to be really hard especially I think honestly I think TikTok like just threw everything through yeah because it just made everyone influencers like there's just it's so oversaturated now that I feel like I don't know. I think you and I are in a good niche. Like the running niche is just small enough where I don't think it's that overwhelming. Um, So I think that we'll be able, it's like going to be more sustainable for a little while. But I do think in the long run, like I think the whole thing is just going to blow up. And so, I mean, but you, like you're a professional athlete. So I feel like you have other things that you can like rely on, you know? (laughs) I think it's like a little, I mean, for me, I feel like I'm just getting to a point of like senioritis almost with my career where I'm like, maybe it's time I do something else. Like, I mean, I still really enjoy it. And there's like, I don't know, I'm still being like making good money off of it and everything. And I'm still like having fun with what I'm doing, but I just am getting a little bit bored maybe. Um, yeah. And it's like a game. Overwhelming. Like, the, yeah. like the internet is just overwhelming. And like to be able to keep up with everything, I'm like, I'm just kind of tired. Like, yeah. I don't want to do all these like running challenges. Like, I just like, I <laughs> so I guess, yeah, I, think- I mean, I don't have a really, very good opinion on it, but I think, I think the running world is fine for a little while just because it's small enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But like you said, like TikTok, you just have to be so good at short form content or long form yeah. content. You can't be mediocre at any of them. No. And TikTok is such a different, like a different personality from like someone like, I'm just not a TikTok personality. I could just never do it. And there are plenty of people that are really good at it. And Instagram, I feel like, is different. It's a little more polished, or it used to be at least. And then it got confused at what it was um, with TikTok. And, yeah, I just don't know where it's going to go. And it's crazy if I've won, like, two world championships, but I still have brands saying, you're it's not getting enough likes. Like, that's what we care about. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to tell them. Like I literally won the was best in the world and still they're like, oh, it's not enough Instagram. Like, sorry. And also I feel like you get really good engagement. So that's like funny that they even say that. 
it's not horrible. Like, I think it could be better, like, compared to how many followers I have. I think it's definitely not showing it to everyone. It's gotten a little better. But it, yeah, it's also not, like, terrible. But I don't know. I don't know what to say or do when they tell me that. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from my perspective, and like someone, I mean, I've worked in the social media world. I feel like you're doing a fine job. I think that you'll be, like, set for a while. Um and I feel like you've adapted well too. It's not like you're you're not going backwards, you know. And that's I feel true. like you you yeah. post a good variety and like I don't know, you're doing enough stuff that's like interesting where I feel like people will continue to follow along. And like I feel like you have a good core audience that I feel like you're gonna be fine. I think like I don't know if you're looking at like other runners. If people aren't adapting, that's when it's like they're gonna go out the window mm-hmm. just because there's new like I don't know. People get all bitter about influencers or whatever especially in like the running world they're like running influencers suck but I'm like yeah. okay but they're adapting and they're making interesting content and like the yeah. people that are good like a lot of time they're not um, right yeah my one I, gripe with running influencers is when they start to give like training tips and it's just like yeah. injury waiting to happen they're like do six workouts six days in a row intervals like oh don't do that don't listen to that <laughs> yeah I mean but that's like in every niche like if you look yeah, at the fitness niche, like you, you especially over the years like you just see so many people spewing out random stuff that makes no sense it's like yeah eat 1200 calories a day it's like, no, yeah that's just you're waiting you're to die like, yeah like what are you doing yeah but i feel like with the popularity of the sport growing which i feel like it is because of social media like especially during covid i feel like a lot of people became oh, runners yeah. um <laughs> i feel like you're just gonna get more false information out there but the only thing that you can do is just really like spread what you know Mm-hmm. you can't control what these other like people are doing um yeah i just like to sit back and watch i just don't <laughs> with the popcorn <laughs> yeah no i like to sit back and watch like people doing like yeah <laughs> yeah interesting interesting move. where's this gonna go <laughs> yeah. but i don't know maybe i'm just like maybe i just don't have strong enough opinions about any of it um maybe i should have less strong opinions yeah, no, I like following your Twitter though. It's fun to, it's fun. I feel like you share some good, like, you're like, you say, like, you're an unpopular opinion. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know. I love to share hot takes and people just, sometimes I am like regret it because they like take it too far. And I'm most of the time just like trying to stir the pot a little bit. But I almost always only post like hot takes. <laughs> no, but that's why I love it. I love when you put, when you post, I'm like, <laughs> and I think I just live vicariously through you too because I I never do anything that's like maybe I just don't have the guts I just don't think I'm that opinionated though um where I even have like thoughts to share but I just love, love reading your, day. I love yeah. people just like getting mad in the comments I'm so mad I just like try not to engage or also get mad back at them but sometimes I just feel a little feisty I want to like say what I thought that's what Twitter is all about. Yeah. Twitter is literally made to like fight, you know. Yes. And also, running Twitter is actually <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Everyone running Twitter, fights. that's like a platform that I like actually cannot even engage with because the people just take themselves way too seriously. Like the uh, amount of like running gurus on Twitter, it's crazy. I'm like, that's where I like to sit back and eat popcorn because they just go, they like go at each other too. Yeah, exactly. See, you can post like your, your hot take and then you can just read <laughs> yeah go at each other in the comments <laughs> yeah or like random people that run like eight minute mile like it's yeah. crazy but they know or somehow like got to someone that doesn't even run and then they're just like attacking me and they like have run a mile in their life and i'm like okay <laughs> i feel like the longer that you're on the internet though the more you can handle it so 
I built a little bit of a skin. It's still not a thick one, but I have I mean, something. I think you must with the with the Twitter feeds. I feel like you gotta have some people on there that really attack you. There are times I try not to engage, but yeah, occasionally I I have to let off a little steam, and I will. I like to engage very, very rarely with the haters. Like again, I don't really get that many haters. So I don't really think I post anything that's like I'm gonna hate on this, yeah. you know. But when I when I like get a hater. Instead of, like, even explaining myself, I more just say, like, yeah. Or, like, yeah. laugh at them. Like, I just say, yeah. like, a smiley. Yeah. Heart. Yeah, no, like, literally, like, love you, babes. Yeah. I forgot what I said to, uh, oh, there was, like, something funny I said to my last one. Oh, someone said that I got my dog, um, my puppy, for Instagram likes only. And I would, like, someone commented on my picture, and I was like, that's, like, the most random thing to hate about. And also, why would I get, like, a 10-year-long commitment for an Instagram link? So that makes no sense. Responsibility? You could have done a lot more than that. Yeah, exactly. I was like, trust me, if I wanted the Instagram link, yeah. I could do way more than that. <laughs> I forgot what I even said back to them, though. It was something like, love when my haters prey on my downfall or something. Like, I don't even know what it is. Like, something just, like, stupid. I just, like, like replying with, like, corny lines. Mm-hmm. Because I just think that everyone's like a fake, like, and I'm in a simulation. Like, who are these people? Commenting yeah. pictures, you know, random people. Yeah, but even though usually yeah, I only respond if like I responded to someone. Um, I posted a video of me running downhill at U.S. Championships, and it was pretty technical, and it looked like what crazy. My arms were like flying all over the place, and someone in the running community who should know better who hosts a race was like that's not even technical and I was like are you serious like I know you and you shouldn't be saying this and so I had to comment to them but um usually if it's a random person I try and let it go yeah did you settle the beef or now do you have beef for that person I have no idea I said uh how about you come run it and let me know what your time is and then we can talk and then they were like I didn't mean it like that like, of course, of course. Like then they that. backtrack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's just so classic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love the internet. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you have to go, and I have to go pick up my puppy. Yes. But um, but this episode went in so many different directions. I feel like I like literally was just an interrogation, and then I like trauma dumped on you about my injury. But yeah, that's um, good that we figured it out. I think it was a nervous system. Over. Yeah. That's my I theory. Think with too. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. You and I just need to take a chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, where can people follow you at if they want to see all your <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hot takes want controversy? Um, Racing Grayson on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. But I don't really post very much on there. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you for joining us again. Hopefully, hopefully we can, we can catch up again sooner than two years from yes. now. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah. <laughs> Thanks um, for having me on. To close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Convos Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. It was super fun catching up with Grayson. She's so nice and she's just like a very well-rounded individual. So I enjoyed, you know, hearing a little bit more about her life and what's happening, her goals for the rest of the year and her career and beyond. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at commas over cold brew pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I love, love, love reading your guys' reviews. They seriously make my day. Thank you guys again for listening and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.